to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. So I just made up in my mind. I'm not going to play any games. I'm not trying to be cute, but I'm going to give God everything that I have. And I've made up my mind. Every time I come to the house of God, I'm going to lean into his presence. I'm not going to sit back. I want somebody to give God some praise in this place. Somebody to give him worship. Somebody to say, hey, I've got to have Jesus in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Extraordinary Church is not a perfect church. You won't find a perfect church. But I do believe what God is building is a kingdom-minded church of people that are wildly passionate. You know why I know that's the case? Because the Lord told me, he said, if you'll let me, my spirit will lead you to people who will abandon all for the call. You're here. You're here. You're responding to his call so nothing else matters the call of God is preeminent in your life it is paramount somebody ought to give him praise praise God if you would do me a a a favor and just remain standing for just a moment we're so excited about what God is doing and God is everybody's a part of the team everybody's here serving but we're so fortunate uh, because we do have a group of people that serve either on our pastoral staff our board of directors or are one of our dream team leaders, and I try to shout them out when they have a birthday, uh, birthday coming up or anything to that effect. And we have a few, we have a lot of November babies, I found out, praise God. Shout out to all the November babies. One of them was over there getting excited. One of them over there getting excited. So we have so much respect and appreciation for Nadine DeGrasse, the wife of our Connections pastor, Pastor Barry. We love you, sis, and wish you a very, very happy birthday. Is she not a bundle of joy? Come on, let Nadine know you love her, you appreciate her. Praise God. Also, Jason Pusey, who is excited. Every time I see him, he's on cloud nine. Just because he, I think it's, I don't know if it's because he got married or if it's his birthday coming up, one or the other. No, he just got married and the hand of God is on he and Tiff's life. Jason's doing a tremendous job. We appreciate him. Come on up here, sir. Praise God. Praise God. I appreciate you walking with purpose too. Amen. Coming all the way from the back, working on our media. Praise God. Let Jason know you love him. You appreciate him. You're my guy, bro. Love you. Praise God. Oh, drop the card. Praise God. You, you want this. Trust me. Praise God. No, I'm just I'm just. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> Praise God. And the last one um, is kind of bittersweet because she might be a blessing to you all. She's a thorn in my side. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's a blessing to you all. She's a blessing to me. Joyce, we love you. Come on up here, Joyce. Come on. And listen, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you how amazing, uh, how, how old this amazing lady is. I just know that you'll be deceived if she reveals her age to you. We love you, Joyce. Appreciate you. Let Joyce know you love her. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for remaining standing as we honor some of our leaders and celebrate their birthdays. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of 2 Kings chapter 9. Deborah, I'll give that to you. You can turn that off too. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 9 verse 1. And as you're turning there, our media team will get it up. Do me a favor. Lift that Bible up in the air real quick. I want you to make this declaration with me. Praise God. Praise God. This is my Bible. We're going to say it again. Praise God. I want y'all to get ready. Y'all were fumbling through stuff, so we're going to get it ready. Y'all ready this time? This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can have what it says I can have. I can be what it says I can be. And I can do what it says I can do. Praise God. Well, let's find out what it says today. Let's look at it. 2 Kings 9 and 1. I'm going to read several passages in your hearing, so stick with me. Meanwhile, Elisha the prophet had summoned a member of the group of prophets. Get ready to travel, he told him. 
take this flask of olive oil with you. Go to Ramoth Gilead and find Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi. Call him into a private room away from his friends and pour the oil over his head and say to him, this is what the Lord says. I anoint you to be king over Israel. Then open the door and run for your life. So the young prophet did as he was told and went to Ramoth Gilead. When he arrived there, he found Jehu sitting around with the other army officers. I have a message for you, commander, he said. For which one of us, Jehu asked, for you, commander, he replied. So Jehu left the others and went into the house. Then the young prophet poured the oil over Jehu's head and said, This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I anoint you king over the Lord's people, Israel. Let's skip down to verse 16. Then Jehu got into a chariot and rode to Jezreel to find King Joram, who was lying there wounded. King Ahaziah of Judah was there too, for he had gone to visit him. The watchman on the tower of Jezreel saw Jehu and said his company, oh, and his company approaching. So he shouted to Joram, I see a company of troops coming. Send out a rider to ask if they are coming in peace, King Joram ordered. So a horseman went out to meet Jehu and said, the king wants to know if you are coming in peace. Jehu replied, what do you know about peace? Fall in behind. The watchman called out to the king. The messenger has met them, but he's not returning. So the king sent out a second horseman. He rode up to them and said, the king wants to know if you come in peace. Again, Jehu answered, what do you know about peace? Fall in behind me. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 20. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. That's good news. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And I want to preach this thought to you this afternoon. I believe it's going to shift the atmosphere and the climate in this region. So you want to get ready. A kingdom collision. A kingdom collision. Would you help me pray? Father, right now, I declare that there are people we are connected to, some people that we're not connected to right now, but will become connected to them in life. I pray that there'll be an anointing that will come upon everybody under the sound of my voice for a kingdom collision that will produce change. Bless your people, God. Thank you for what you're doing, what you've already done, and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, somebody said amen. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Several years ago, a pastor shared something with me that uh, really resonated with me and has actually stuck with me throughout the years. He said, if the wind is the spirit, then administration is the sails. In other words, what he was saying is when the spirit of God is moving, it is systems and processes that harness and leverage a move of God. I don't know about you all, but you know what? Uh, the old song says, hey, you know, whatever you are doing in this season, don't do it without me. Uh, in other words, God, I, I don't want you to bless what I'm doing. I want to do what you're already blessing. Can somebody say amen? See, when God is moving, you and I have a responsibility to catch the wind and to let it Take, let it take us where he wants us to go. The most important thing we can do is be a steward of the wind. That's why systems and processes are really important. Some people might say, what does administration have to do with church growth? I will tell you that systems and administration and processes are being a good steward of a move of God. And so, therefore, it is essential. And there are people in this place today under the sound of my voice. There are people out in the community. We are wrestling through what hell is trying to do to the people we love dearly. 
There are families that are falling apart, people that are struggling, people that are wrestling with stuff and trying to overcome stuff. And it feels like sometimes we get victory, but then we don't have the victory. And our loved ones are fighting for their lives. Our friends understand what's at stake. But I've come to tell you, we are about to enter a season where things are going to change. I declare we're getting ready to experience a kingdom harvest, an outpouring of the Spirit of God where we're going to see souls come into the kingdom of God, people being baptized in the name of Jesus, people being filled with the Holy Ghost, people being delivered and restored, families being restored, lives being changed, hearts being mended. If you believe it, give God praise. I declare we're here. And we're going to experience the kingdom harvest. I don't know about you, but I, I really believe that the people you are connected to and what God is going to begin to do in your life is going to, I believe God's going to give us a fresh anointing. I think one of the things that's so important that you understand about Extraordinary Church is we exist for others. We exist for others. I'm giving you a little bit of a foretaste of what's to come because that's going to be our theme for 2023. But I want you to understand it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about the people that don't know Jesus Christ, who have not heard him. And so I want you to know this is not deep revelation, but we lived in a jacked up world. You can look all around you. As a matter of fact, I, had, I rarely uh, read the news and I thought, you know, I need to do a better job of reading the news and staying attuned to what's going on. And as I opened up, they downloaded the app, and the app was called Smart News. And I thought to myself, after I read every article, I don't know that I would call it Smart News. I would call it Bad News. There was not one drop of good news that I had read in this Smart News app. And what I need you to know is the people that you are doing life with, the people that you work with, you need to understand, we need to understand their lives are in a mess. And I want you to understand this because they're experiencing chaos and pain and misery and sin. And in one sense, that's good because that's job security for you and I. As long as there is a sinner, we are still a necessary entity. The church is not optional. You need to hear me. The church is not optional. Whether the world knows it or not, we are a needed entity on this earth. I was recently preaching in a couple of different spaces um, over the last couple of weeks here. As a matter of fact, the last month I've been in probably six different places preaching the gospel, and people were sharing with me, leaders were sharing with me their frustrations pertaining to COVID and the impact it had upon the church that they're a part of. And while we and other churches had to put up with COVID uh, and we had to pivot and we had to navigate and negotiate, we never closed down. I'm not just talking about physically meeting in person. What I'm talking about is you can't shut down the operation of the kingdom of God. The kingdom operation is occurring and moving and breathing and living through the church of the living God. During COVID, we baptized people in the name of Jesus Christ. During COVID, we saw people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them utterance. You might have heard me say this before, but as long as there is one lost soul that hasn't repented of their sins and experienced a new birth, the church is too small. We will preach until every sick person is healed. We will preach until every bound person is free. We will preach and love every lost person until they are found. I just want you to know that the church lives in a messed up world, but that is why the world can have hope because the church is alive. We're called to be a light and we're called to be salt. And this is why we're here. Hear me, don't get me wrong, church is all full of all kinds of ministries and all kinds of activities. But one of the things we must never, ever forget is that the church of the living God, every person who is a member of the church has been given the ministry of reconciliation. You want to know what your ministry is? Ain't kids ministry. It's not guest services. 
Praise God. Not campus facilities. It's, it's not administration. It's not standing behind the pulpit. It's the ministry of reconciliation. Oh, I need somebody to get this in their spirit right now because you're wondering what purpose is and you're identifying what you do as your purpose, but you need to know that your ministry, your God-given mandate in ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. And reconciliation is the act where you bring back together two people who were previously separated and restore the relationship that has been destroyed between the two. And in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 18 through 20, this is the ministry that Paul is talking about. They're talking about the ministry of reconciliation that we need to get people back to God. Now, let me just be clear. Paul is not talking about your pastor having that ministry of reconciliation exclusively. He's not talking about your favorite preacher having that uh, ministry of reconciliation. When the Bible said that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, it means that there is a God-given, heaven-sent assignment that rests upon you and me to take fallen humanity that is disconnected because of sin from the living God and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter how broke they are, no matter how rich they are, no matter the color of their skin, no matter their ethnicity, no matter how many people they slept with, no matter how many drugs they have done, no matter they're educated or uneducated, no matter what the disease they may have, no matter what tracks, what side of the tracks they are from, if they want new life in Jesus Christ, we have the ministry of reconciliation. We have a responsibility to a lost and dying world. We can tell them, you can be reconciled to God. Praise God. Jesus paid the price for your sins. And if you repent of your sins, he can save you. If you repent of your sins, he can turn your life around. If you repent of your sins, he'll fill you with his spirit. I've got good news. Jesus Christ is alive and well. I've got good news. It makes no difference what you've done. I've never seen a sinner that Jesus can't save. I've got good news. It doesn't matter if you're heterosexual, homosexual, transgender, pansexual, bisexual. Jesus Christ died for us all. Do you understand that Paul, he, this is why, this is why I, I love Scripture. I know I've said this before, but I, I just, I want you to get this because one of the things that's really important to me, let me just push pause here for just a second and play pastor. You got to tap into Midweek Bible Connection, fam. Let me tell you why you got to tap, tap into Midweek Bible Connection because for a couple of reasons. One, it's virtual. It's super convenient. Second, it's super helpful. It is going to help you. We are here to literally develop a biblical literacy. And let me tell you what happens when you don't have biblical literacy. You come up with all types of notions and schisms and isms and vain ideologies that are not of God, and they confuse you and bind you. And that is not the will of God. We are literally teaching hell out of us on a midweek Bible connection. You need to take time to be a part of the midweek Bible connection, 7.30 to 8.30. It's going to bless you. Get your family around. Gather up. Open up the Word of God. Get in the Word of God and let it strengthen you, can somebody say amen? We need this. We need this. We need this. This is it's so important. But what I want you to understand what Paul said is this. He said, I consider myself to be the chiefest of sinners. This is what I'm saying. See, like, the Bible is the truth, and it tells the truth about people. And sometimes we can think two things. It's like extremes. And this is fascinating. You always notice people that are usually on one side or the other of, of things, it's kind of like there's this extreme. Uh, and it's like Paul, Paul just made it very clear. He was like, hey, look, if you can name it, I've done it. And like here's one faithful and true saying that Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief. This is fantastic because what Paul is telling us is, hey, 
get over what you've done or what you didn't do, those things are not going to, uh, you can't work your way into the love of God and you can't work your way out of the love of God. And that also doesn't mean that we live any reckless life that we want to live. We live a life pleasing unto Him. But what I'm here to tell you is, if we're not careful, we will believe things that are outside of Scripture. And the reality of it is, Jesus Christ came to save sinners, period. We were all born into sin. And I know some of us here look really cute and look like we've got it all done up together. And you would think, wow, that person has their act together. But that person that you think has their act together once was a notorious sinner. But the good news is they're not what they used to be. Because Christ pleaded through somebody and he reconciled them unto him. Praise God. And because of that, we now have the ministry of reconciliation. Every, this is why every Sunday when we come together, babe, we have an altar call where people can come and repent of their sins, be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is why anytime you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, we'll do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday at midnight makes me no difference. Why? Because salvation is available to all. Praise God. This is why the church exists. We don't exist to teach you 11 steps to a better life. We don't exist to teach you Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. And I don't, I don't minimize that. I've, I've gone through that course. That's great. No, no, no. We don't teach you real estate strategies and how to retire by the time you're 50. Praise God. That's, 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 that's not what we're about. We are about winning souls. This isn't a place for you to network. Don't get me wrong. Networking can be a byproduct of it, but this isn't a place where we jockey for position or we compete. or we, we, We're not doing any of that here. We exist for others. The Bible says he that winneth souls is wise. And see, let, let, let me just, y'all think I'm preaching against having stuff. I'm not preaching against having stuff. God has given me everything that I have. You all know it. God's given me vehicles. We've given vehicles away. Uh, but God has no problem with stuff or God has no problem with blessing you with stuff. But make whatever, make sure whatever stuff you have that you remain a soul winner and you operate in the ministry of reconciliation. Make sure that stuff doesn't have you, but you have it. In other words, what am I telling you? You need to see your life as an assignment to win souls everywhere you go. In every place you work, I'm on assignment. When I'm at the grocery store, I'm on assignment. When I travel, I'm on assignment. Watch God set you up for people he's trying to reach. What? You think I'm making this up? I'm telling you. It's as if, when you read it, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, it is as if Jesus were pleading through you, be reconciled to me. It's as if God was using your own voice and pleading to, through you to lost humanity. Be reconciled to me. There's hope. Let me just say this. I don't believe we have this attitude or spirit at Extraordinary Church, but I'm going to speak to it because I want it to be dismantled in this region. Religious people, I want you to hear me. Don't you make it hard for people to enter the kingdom of God. Don't you make it difficult for people to enter into the kingdom of God. There's, there's not a list of rules here to be a part of the kingdom of God. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been to those churches where they got so many rules and they're supposed to be a soul-winning station, but they become a bureaucracy of religion that turned the house of God into red tape and minutia. Nobody can meet the quota. Nobody could fulfill the obligations, and not even the people that made the rules and the back door couldn't even live up to them, much less new converts. But we should not erect any obstacles. As a matter of fact, we want to remove every obstacle. 
I want them all to come, Jaden. I want the confused to come. I want the broken to come, Sue. I want the hurting to come. I want the people that think they have it all together to come. I want those that haven't figured it out to come. I want everybody to know that you can bring whoever you want, however they want to come in here. They'll be loved, they'll be cared for, and God can move in their life. This is why we're here, fam. We're not here for any other reason. We're not here to sing three songs, preach, and then leave, and nobody's lives be changed. We're here to experience the power of God. And I'll tell you, one of the things that's been stirring in my soul is why haven't we been experiencing the power of God? Because if we're not careful, we'll become consumers opposed to contributors. We got to watch it. We got to check ourselves. Remember, if we're not careful, this is why, this is why I encourage you to do little things. This is what will get you out of your rut. Don't sit in the same seat every Sunday. You might think, well, what, what, what does it have to do with it? It's getting you out of your comfort zone. It's getting you out of the rut. Yeah. This is why, you know what? You need to come, to the, come up to the front and worship every once in a while. You ain't got to do it every Sunday. But you got to get out of the rut. You, if we're not careful. So here's what we do. Here's what we do. And I don't think, I'm not vilifying, but I don't want us to fall into this trap. Remember, uh, Jesus is in a house. And wherever Jesus was, there were crowds. Gosh. Jesus, that'll preach. That's why we got to have him, fam. If, here, if he's here, the place will be packed. If he's here, so he's in this house, that place is packed. People are listening, sitting on the edge of the seats. People are outside the house, packed, listening, eavesdropping, trying to catch a glimpse. And check this out. Pastor Barry, Nadine, Sarah, Deborah Lee got their friend. I just like to pick on him. I'm sorry, he is not happy right now. <laughs> Jaden, I saw those eyes, praise God. He was like, Pastor, be easy. I'm not getting up out of this seat. I'm not doing anything, praise God. No, you know what? They're bringing Jaden. Jaden is paralyzed. And they heard about Jesus, the healer. And they're thinking, if we can get him to Jesus, all will be well. So they show up, and they're like, Jaden, don't worry. You're going to be healed. Because I've heard about him raising the dead. I've heard about him opening up blinded eyes and unstopping deaf ears. If we can just get you to him and you touch you, he touch you, it's a wrap. So they're excited. They got all kinds of faith. Jaden is like, get me there. I've been waiting for this moment all my life. And they show up. And the people have their back turned to them. Now, typically, when somebody's trying to get somewhere and it's obvious they are in need, you would think somebody would have had the courtesy to be like, oh, excuse me. Maybe not only say excuse me, but help make a pathway to where they could get to Jesus. But instead, nobody moved. They were so busy, hear me, they were so busy consuming, they didn't contribute to the miraculous. So busy taking in, so busy worried about themselves, so busy worried about what's going on in their world, they were ignoring an obvious need. Thank God, Deborah Lee, Nadine, Barry, and Sarah were determined they had to go up on top of a roof. And we like, yeah, they had great faith. They had great faith. But they shouldn't have had to go up on the roof in the first place. People should have gotten out of the way. What am I saying? Church, we got to get out of the way. We got to get out of the way. 
When we see people wanting to come, oh, you can have my seat. Oh, come sit with me. Hey, you struggling? I want to encourage you. You know, we'll go out to eat. Whatever we got to do. But we're here to bless people and to watch God move in their life, not create obstacles or make it difficult for God to move. I want to see a move of God, and I want to say, God, do it in my life. Move whatever has to be moved so that God can heal people. If you believe that, give him praise. As pastor of Extraordinary Church, I'm fully committed to teaching and preaching the Word of God. If it is in the book, we're going to get this work. If it is tradition or preference, I'll keep it to myself. I want to tell you that Christ came to save. He did not come to condemn. <laughs> there will be a day in the future when he does judge the world. But today is not that day. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. And he sent him into the world not to judge the world or condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel, fam. It's good news for all people. Can somebody say Amen. We have the ministry of reconciliation. We have the ministry of bringing people, disconnected people, back to God, declaring the good news of Jesus Christ. We were out just recently, and I'm going to tell my, it's her story, but I'm going to tell it because it's what happened to us most recently. We were out at a restaurant, and, and Sarah and Sherry were going to eat. You know, Sherry, Sherry O'Donnell, she preached for us that day, preached the house down. Her and Sarah went out, and I was joining them later. So I go in, and Sarah told me, oh, she's like, oh, yeah, I met this little sweet lady girl at the, the desk just greeting us and she said she asked Sarah and Sherry are y'all sisters I guess maybe they you know she thought they resembled one another and uh and uh, she said oh y'all look so cute uh are y'all sisters you know they're like no and they're like she's like where y'all coming from and Sarah's like we're coming from church and uh you know Sarah Sherry was like oh yeah you know you need to go to her church talking about Sarah's church she's like it's extraordinary church right here in Mississauga blah 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 she's like we passed our church in Burlington come on and the girl was like you know what she was like I don't do church she was like as a matter of fact I'm an atheist uh she was like you know um so uh Sarah was like that's okay she was like uh atheists are welcome in our church And so the girl was kind of like, she was kind of taken aback by that. She was like, what? She was like, let me take y'all to y'all's seat. So she took them to the seat. So we're eating and eating, having a good time. They're waiting on me. We get there. Sarah's like, you know, give me a card. Typically, I have a church card on me because we passed out of church cards. I was like, I don't have one. And so she was telling me, she was like, I don't have one either. So at the restaurant, you know, they cover the table with paper, uh, with paper. So Sarah just ripped off the piece of paper. And she was just writing the extraordinary church website and the details and the time. And she went to her. She said, hey, she, at, the, at, at the end of our meal, you know, she went up to her and um, was like, hey, you know what? I want you to know uh, I've, got, uh, I've got hope. I've, I've got hope, and, and, and it, it's for you. And the girl was like, but, but I, I, I told you I'm an, I'm an atheist. Sarah was like, yeah, I know, I know you're an atheist, but, you know, there's hope for you, you know. We've got that hope. And, and the girl was like, well, this is different because she's like, you're telling me, she's like, I've never experienced anything like this before. She said, when I talk to other Christians, they judge me when I tell them I'm an atheist. She said, but I lost both of my parents. And she said, I, I, I just have a tough time reconciling how God can allow some of these things to happen. I, I envisioned God to be very loving and kind. And she started crying. And, and Sarah said, you know what? I have a feeling that we believe in the same God. The girl, the girl is crying in the restaurant and said, uh, don't, hadn't even met Sarah before in her life, said, can I, can I give you a hug? And Sarah said, sure, give me a hug. They're hugging him. Then one of the colleagues come in. They see Sarah hugging the waitress, and the girl's crying, and the other girl comes up crying, and she's like, why are we crying? Why y'all crying? She's like, I'm going to their church. And the girl's like, well, I need to go to church. I'm going to come to church. What am I trying to tell you? We are ministers of reconciliation. We're on divine assignment. I'm declaring by faith that there's going to be an anointing on your life when you 
go out to eat today, you're going to realize it's a divine assignment. When you go to the grocery store, it's a divine assignment. When you go through the drive-thru, it's a divine assignment. When you go home and your neighbor's outside, it's a divine assignment. Somebody give him praise. We're here to be ministers of reconciliation. And we have good news. We have hope for the hurting. We have love for those that are not. Oh, somebody give him praise. This is why we're here. That's the ministry of reconciliation. We are not here to put people out. We're here to take people in to the kingdom of God. No matter how hopeless they are, there's always hope in Christ. That's why he saves to the uttermost, Bishop. What does that mean, the uttermost? In Hebrews, it's like, hey, look, he called me out of darkness, and then there's some people over there that are still in it. But I want you to know, no matter of their political affiliation, he saves to the uttermost. No matter of whatever lifestyle, he saves to the uttermost. No matter the abuse they've suffered or administered, he saves to the uttermost. And never forget that you and I were such, we were some of those. Doesn't care how messed up, jacked up they are, Jesus Christ can save them. The greatest miracle that happens in this room not, I remember when Nadine had maybe sprained her ankle or something, and God healed her right there. We were taking communion. I remember that. We've had other miracles happen in this room, and I give God praise. But the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle is when somebody's born again. May we never get tired of baptizing people in the name of Jesus. May we never stop celebrating. We should, all of heaven rejoices when one person repents of their sins. We should absolutely lose our mind when we baptize somebody in Jesus' name. We should absolutely lose our mind when somebody receives the Holy Ghost and God's filling them. You know what? God just filled Abigail Ryapa with the Holy Ghost and we should celebrate and give God praise. And it should be a little bit more than a golf clap. We should stand up, open up our mouths, and declare he's a good cop who saves completely and thoroughly and is worthy of our worship. This is why we're here. And I declare that the kingdom of God is ready to experience a sudden advancement in this earth and in this region. Do we understand that sin doesn't take a break? The devil doesn't take a break, but I'm believing that many of you are about to receive a grace and an anointing from heaven to see people filled with the Spirit in the streets. This is going to happen. It's going to happen with people you don't know. Stubborn hearts are getting ready to turn. Hard-hearted people are getting ready to break. You say, oh, there's some hard-hearted people out there, Pastor. Yeah, you know what? You might be done dealing with them, but God's not done dealing with them. There's this amazing text over in 2 Kings. It's phenomenal stuff. You have to understand the context here. Because Jezebel has been acting up. And there's this man named Jehu. The Bible says he told Elisha, hey, get up and go. Go down to Ramoth Gilead. And I want you to release an anointing on Jehu. Because I'm getting ready to shift the whole kingdom, and the anointing is going to, the anointing that's going to be on him is going to shift things. God, I need somebody to get this. <laughs> Help me, Jesus, if this don't make you want to shout. So the Bible says that Elisha sent the servant, uh, and the servant is going. He's running. He goes into Ramoth Gilead, and he found out where the commanders of Israel were gathered. And the Bible says that they were sitting in a circle. And that might not sound important to you, but posture is everything. That's why I just encourage a few of you all to, to stand up and get out of your seat because posture is everything. Your posture matters. If you're always in a defeated posture, if you're always sitting in a defeated posture and the commanders of Israel were doing just that, as the leaders of Israel, they should not have been sitting. 
They should have been walking around, marching and declaring, strategizing and exercising the authority that they have for victory. But you know when you have a problem when your leaders are in a place of defeat and their posture is defeated. That's why sometimes we got to snap ourselves and shake ourselves and wake ourselves up to make sure we're operating in the faith, that we're walking in the faith, and that we haven't disconnected, and we're trusting and believing that God is up to something in our lives. That's why sometimes you got to praise through some things. You got to worship through some things. You got to pray through some things. You got to shout through some things. That's why you just can't sit and say, I'm going to go through the motions. I'm not going to go through the motions. There's too much at stake. I'm going to lean in. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to get what God has for my life because I'm not defeated. I'm an overcomer. If we're not careful, we'll adopt. Oh, my God. How can, you be, how can we be Christians and be hopeless? How can we be Christians and have a posture of defeat? called to walk in power. And Elisha said, you know what Elisha said? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That's why I'm on a message to mission today. He said, go in the room and break that yoke. That's what the anointing does. It breaks the yoke. So watch this. Watch this. <laughs> I'm declaring that God is about to break a yoke. He's about to give somebody a new posture. We're coming out of a seated position, a position of defeat, because there is a kingdom. <laughs> There's a kingdom that God is getting ready to advance, and it's his kingdom on this earth. And the prophet walks in, baby, and he says, where's the commander? And Jehu's like, who are you talking about? He said, you, commander. He said, follow me. Come up out of this room. The Bible says, look at verse 6. So Jehu left the others and went into the house. So here's what I want you to understand. See, the young prophet poured the oil over Jehu's head. And this is crazy. He said, hey, you have been anointed king of Israel. Check this out. Look at it. He says, and not only as he talks about how he's been anointed, he said, you're the king over God's people of Israel. Now, this gets crazy. Watch this. So check out what he does. He comes back. Can you just imagine this young guy? Just, I don't have any anointing all the way up here. I almost got a big thing. Just poured it right on Deborah Lee. Praise God. Just, just, just all of it. Just praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Sarah. Praise God. But it's a good illustration. Praise God. There's something in that thing. No, just you. She was like, I do not have a cap on my head, praise God. Don't play with me. So he pours the oil on this man and makes this declaration, you're the king of Israel. And then you know what he does? Dude is gone. I would be like, thank you, Jeremy, say it again. What? What just happened? Did this, did this man just anoint me, make this declaration, and then deuces? It's crazy. But here's what happens. So when God, here's what we do. When God does something supernatural, let me tell you, what, I remember when God called me to preach. I'm going to tell you. The Lord called me to preach. He told me to do something, and I did it. By the way, if you want to operate in the Spirit, that's all you have to do is listen and obey. So I did that, right? Not thinking that God was going to call me to preach, but in my obedience, oh, God, your obedience unlocks the door for more. Y'all need to hear me? Oh, your obedience unlocks. That's why obedience is better than sacrifice. Oh, Jesus. So... God calls me, I obey, he calls me, and I was like this. I was discouraged. Like, really, I was like kicking rocks, literally. I'm not joking. And this is what Jehu was doing. Jehu just been anointed to be king. Walks in the room, and the other commanders are still sitting. 
And they're like, oh, man, where's the preach at? <laughs> Jacob's like, your, good, your guess is as good as mine, bro. They were like, well, uh, what did he say? What happened? Now, he was like, well, you can read it. He was like, well, you know how those, those, those men of God, they just be babbling and running their mouth. That's probably how y'all feel about me. Like, you don't know what he said. <laughs> what did the kill say, man? I don't know. That big head running his mouth about something. I don't know. He'll figure it out later, you know. And that's what Jehu said. Jehu was like, well, he running his mouth. I don't know. He, and they were like, that's a lie. Now, check this out. What we forget is, see, in Scripture, in Scripture, when they would anoint somebody, see, like today, what we do, we have a, have a it's not up there right now. We have a cute little flask. We go like this. <laughs> and we're like, receive it in Jesus' name. I need to anoint you. Just come on. That's what we do. See, y'all don't know. I, we gentle. We from the south. Praise God. Boy, people would pray for me. When they would pray for I would have to brace myself, especially your pastor. I'd have to, I'm like, go ahead and pray for me, Elder Pullen. I would just, boom, get my neck stiff because, boy, he going to take both hands and just, I was like, praise God. Y'all don't know. But my neck will be all worked out. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. But in the Old Testament, they would literally have a massive flask of oil. The oil, I'm not going to pour it. Don't worry, son. <laughs> I feel like you play way too much, Pastor. Just pour it. And the oil covered all the way, everything. So this man walks into a room doused in oil. Talking about some, he just babbling, I don't know. Ain't nothing happened. And they looking at him like, sir, we can see the anointing on your life. Y'all ain't even catch that. They can see the anointing on your life. You can't hide what God is trying to do in your life. God has anointed you. He has separated you. He has purpose on your life. Quit trying to dumb down the anointing. Quit trying to rationalize it away and say it was nothing. God wants to use you in this hour. God has anointed you and given you the ministry of reconciliation. But here's what we do. We'd be at the restaurant. Oh, that ain't God. That's just my flesh telling me to tell somebody about Jesus. And the Lord is lucky them like the commanders of Israel. Really? That's what we're doing. And the Lord is not about that life. So here he is, anointed, dripping. And they're like, that's a lie. He said, okay, yeah, you're right. Let me tell you where we are right now. I'm in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to wrap up. I feel this too. Praise God. I just want everybody to lift their hands for a moment if you're comfortable. Thank you, Jesus. I feel such a prophetic charge in the atmosphere right now, Lord God. I believe the seeds that are planted are going to fall on good soil in the name of Jesus. But I'm believing and declaring right in this atmosphere, there are people that are being supernaturally anointed in this season, a fresh anointing. Lord, I've been living for you almost 30 years, and right now, I know I need a fresh anointing, a, a today anointing in this season. Right now, God, I want you to pour it out, oh Lord God. I want it to drip from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet, oh Lord God. A fresh anointing, Lord. We're receiving that right now, God. An anointing to address the kingdoms that are in conflict. Anointing to address the kingdoms that are about to collide. An anointing to be about your purpose and your bidding to restore order and to declare the kingdom of God is here. An anointing to break the yoke of those that are defeated. An anointing to break the yoke of depression and bondage, God. An anointing to lay the hands on sick and watch them recover and anointing to speak a word and it be of encouragement God and anointing to walk by and shadows heal God because you are God in the name of Jesus 
Come on, you need to just pray and receive it. You need to declare it. Come on, you don't need to go through any emotions. You need to know the hand of God is on your life. I'm telling you that there's a kingdom collision. The kingdom of God is here, and the kingdom of darkness will not prevail. The kingdom of darkness will not triumph. We are going to collide, and we're going to see God move in this day and in this hour. We cannot lose. Woo! Come on, don't you feel help? Don't you feel the Holy Ghost pulling on you? Don't you feel the Holy Ghost drawing you? That's because you're coming into alignment with the anointing. So, the anointing, so obvious. It's so obvious, it's on them. They, he says, well, he anointed me king. They immediately stand up, lay down their cloaks. And they make a declaration that comes into alignment with what the Lord has declared. Woo! God, that's why sometimes you might not feel it, but when you come into alignment with what the man of God declares, God, you just got to understand. You might not see it right away, but you know what God helped me to say? I'm going to come into alignment with this thing. So they say, what do we do next? This man starts riding to Jezreel like a madman. Because he knows what he's got to do. If you read it, the prophet tells him, kill every single one of them. And don't you leave one descendant of Ahab left. They are riding with purpose. They are riding with mission. And here's what happens. Watch this. Here you have two kingdoms about to collide. They're on a course. And they are riding. They can see the dust kicking up from the chariots. They can see a crowd of people coming in. And the watchman on the wall tells the king, I want to call him Jerome. His name ain't Jerome, but I keep. <laughs> well, let me just call him Jerome to have fun. It says, King Jerome, they're coming. And the king is like, who? And he was like, I don't know. But he's like, man, they're coming, bro. They coming fast and hard. He said, go send somebody out to see if they're about peace. These people are coming, and the kingdom of darkness is coming. <laughs> so the kingdom of darkness sends a messenger, and they're like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, y'all people of light, righteous people, people of God. Y'all coming with peace? And do you know what King Jehu says? What do you know of peace? Fall in line. <laughs> what? And dude did it. <laughs> because the joy on this side <laughs> is a whole lot better than the heartache on that side. The peace on this side is a whole lot better than the heartache on this side. Oh, my God, the happiness and the love on this side is a whole lot better than the loneliness and confusion on this side. The depression on this side ain't got nothing to do with the joy on this side. I'm here to tell you, that man turned around. That's the kind of anointing that God wants to place on your life. You need to understand that when these kingdoms come into conflict, you're going to be so anointed that when they find out who and what you're about, they're just going to I'm out. I'm out. I want what you have. I want the peace. I want the joy. I want the hope. So the king is like, hey, hey, hey. What happened to that guy we sent out? Because, you know, Jerome, we like to know what's going on. Jerome was a brother. So he was like, where are you at? And they were like, king, that man ain't come back. Like, what? Send out another one. Send out another one. Here they come. And this time he told me, he said, King, I, I, I think I know who it is. I think it, it looked like Jehu. And he moving. So King Jerome was like, man, go find out that peace. Dude, come on out there. Hey, 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 hey. Is it, it, it peace? What, what, what do you know about peace? Fall in line. 
You know what I think he did? I think before he fell in line, he was like, hey, bro. What you? You was with us. Now you over here. And the dude was like, yeah, I'm over here. Because this joy, this peace, this love, plus I'm on the winning side. And he was like, he was probably letting that look like it looked real good. That peace looked real good. I see it on your face. That joy and that victory. It do look like I'm about to take an L. Y'all got room for one more? Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> There's room for everybody here. I know we can only put legally like 300, but Elvis, I'd like to see him in the streets. We can have 300 here. We can have 300 over there. We can have him in the basement downstairs. We can have him in the parking lot. There's room for everybody. That's why we want 36 campuses. This is why we're doing the big give. The big give is all about letting people know there's a hope and an answer in Jesus Christ. Okay, watch this and I'm done. Mia, sorry, I said it like I was at home. Praise God. I'm like, Mia. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I really don't do that. Praise God. Sorry, Mia. Musicians. So, King Jerome was like, nah, I'm going to send two brothers out. And both of them, it's hard to find good help. This man, let me go see what's going down. So he get on his horse and he started, started riding on over that thing. And he's like, oh, snap, that is Jehu. He's like, is it, is, it, is it peace? And you know what Jehu said? What you know about peace? Then he took it to another level. Started talking about the man's mama. You know it gets tight when you're talking about somebody's mama. Like back in the day, we would throw hands if you talked about my mama. Like Lincoln said, no disrespectful. I would never let somebody talk to me like that. Praise God. You going to talk about my mama? I'm like, dang. This man called his mama a harlot and a witch. He said, what you know about peace when you're allowing that witch to run around and do whatever she wants to do. So you know what? I know he looked and was like, dang. There go two of my boys. But you know what he did? This man fled. Didn't join up. Repentance was right there for him. Oh, God. God. Repentance was right there. He saw the work and the fruit of repentance. Man. But instead, you know what he did? Turned around, ran for his life. And before he could shout treason three times, right through the heart, dead and gone. They come in and they take them all out. But here's what the anointing will do for this kingdom collision. Some people going to come and join the kingdom of God, but your enemies will flee. You're like, well, is that in the book? That's in the book. Your enemy will come in one way and flee seven different ways. I'm telling you, resist the devil and he will, oh my God, somebody ought to get excited. Because I'm telling you right now, the opposition is no match for your king. Our king is coming. And his name ain't Jehu, it's Jesus. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. And they might have put him up on a whipping post and beat him, but that was one time and done. He's coming back on a cloud. And every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. Every... He is Christ and He is Lord. Things on the earth, things above the earth, things beneath the earth will confess. And since they're going to confess, 
I'm going to go do it right now. I'll get down on my knees and give him the glory and honor due his name. He is worthy of my praise. Why don't we all stand? There's a collision. I'm so glad y'all joined us online. I hope you feel my heart and what God laid on it. I want you to be here next Sunday. Every time we come together, this house should be packed. Let me just say this because it's on my heart. I'm not saying it. One of the things that you can do in your walk with God. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.